Warning. The following show contains material that may not be suitable for children, Bible thumpers, or conservatives. Do not attempt to recreate any of the stories from this show, as this may result in harm or anal tears. Viewer discretion is advised. Oh my god. Jesus. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the fucking gay Bible. Today, we have a fucking beautiful, marvelous, talented, old, old bitch, right? (laughs) Two (laughs) feet away from me. Okay, before we even start this show, before we do anything, I need we need to clarify something. Are you going to be a disciple or are you going to be anonymous? Disciple all the way. Are, are you sure? Oh, absolutely. Okay, okay. Absolutely. I guess we're doing it. We're doing it. There are going to be a couple rules for this show. Are you okay with that? A little bit of rule. I know Definitely. you don't like the rules, but... No, I hate the rules. Ugh. So one of the very first rules that I've established for this episode, that, and I've never done this before, mm-hmm. is if you refuse to answer any one of my questions, you have to take a shot. Will do. Signature agreed. Like, low-key excited to Good. start I'm going to get you fucked refusing up. questions. So for the second one, you have to take a shot whenever you say these three words. Cunt fake daddy. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got, <laughs> got it. All good. All good. Not my favorite words. What? <laughs> I have been saying cunt more than I probably should have where it's like I feel like sometimes I'm at the office and like my boss is doing something super cool and I'm like, girl, that is so cunt. Yeah. But I feel like she'd look at me and be like, you're done. She would literally fire you. Yeah, you're no, done. It's fucked up because like in like Europe and like the UK, they use cunt so like, pa- it's like so passe. Like it's just like, it is what it is. And here like, ooh, ooh, girl, if you're not in the gay club, you're going to get attacked. Well, even for fag, because they're like, when you're smoking a cigarette, they're just like, y'all, can I have a fag? Yeah. I don't, I don't think that was I love that accent. I don't think that was, I don't know what the fuck that was I'm so here for that accent. Okay. So are you ready for our very first event? Oh fuck. Okay. Yeah. So this is something that I've concocted and it's called drum roll, please. They shall cringe. So I'm so ready. I am going to have you rate the cringiest thing that I have seen in just this past week. Are you fucking ready? So ready. Let's do this. So number one, people who call you out for unfollowing them. Ooh. Once, yep. Ooh. Hold it. Hold okay. it. Okay. The second one, gay men who are constantly posting their fucking guns on their story. The 360 view of someone's face and the surrounding area that they are fucking in. (laughs) Number four, people who propose in public. Number five, people who talk for their fucking dogs on Instagram. I want you to go fucking like, I don't know, like, I kind of want you to like go Go put your dog down. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Go away. Like, you shouldn't be able to own a pet. And then the last one, people singing on their stories. And what I will say to this, Mm. unless you fucking sound like fucking Adele, no one wants to hear it. Yeah, don't do it. As somebody who has been proposed to in public,
public. No, you've never told me this. Yes, 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 yes. Was proposed to at Pike's Place Market. It was the interior part of the market, and my ex fiance, because I did say yes, mm-hmm. um, as one does when they're proposed to in public, but he just got down on his knees and proposed to me, and it was very cringe. I would honestly sell my left fucking nut to have been there and to have seen that. Um, It was like the world stopped for a moment and everything got really slow and I could just like hear people around me going, is he proposing to him? (laughs) And I was like, that's weird. That's weird. And also taking my picture, which like, hate, (gasps) hate, hate, hate. We don't look good in a candid. And uh, <laughs> bitch, you got me fucked up with this angle and this lighting. Literally, like, don't try to come out with a fucking homophobia when I'm getting proposed to. But you did say yes. I did say yes. Well, I mean, what are you? What am I supposed to do? Like, a literal gathering of people had like gathered around. First of all, I would have broken up with that person because anybody who's dating me would already know that that's a no no for me. Yeah, what was kind of out of pocket about the whole thing is that there was no conversation leading up to it, and it was very, like, boom, bitch, like, here you go. Like, I'm about to rope you into some shit. I'm about to fuck your credit. <laughs> Literally, it was too much. So that's going to have to be number one for me. Second is definitely going to have to be the gays and the guns. Gays and guns, stop. There stop is that. a guy who legit lives in, well, I'm not going to give, like, that information. He lives in Bellevue. But <laughs> <laughs> and his whole, like... Like, I was following him, and he's literally like, yeah, like, going to the fucking gravel pit to go shoot my fucking AR-15. I'm like, ew. Nothing makes my dick limp faster. Literally. I'm sawing it off. Look, I love shooting guns as much as the next redneck white trash bitch, but I don't post about it because I'm like, I'm conscious enough to realize where it's like oh my god like um there's been a lot of school shootings this year shootings in general like what if somebody that like i love and cared about was like wow like what the fuck yeah absolutely and i just think like as gays like we live in a world where we just by being our authentic selves are like transgressing against Mm -hmm. like the fucking normal cultural bullshit and so if you can already like live your truth through that know the truth enough to know that there is gun violence in America and that there are problems with guns in America that guns there's too many guns in America girl don't be posting your guns on social media well, it's so it's, silly it's also the thought like I wonder if like their side is like yeah like if I fucking post this shit like this dude that I've been talking to online is just gonna have like a throbbing philanthropical boner for me you know yeah it's gonna be a no for me it's dog. gonna be you're done number three is the number calling three. me out for unfollowing you yeah it's gonna be a no for me people who can like uh follow the follower account that closely uh red flag singing's got to be number four singing on your instagram especially bad i can't do it anymore as a society i'm reaching out to anybody listening it's like please don't do that like please don't do that like i'm honestly asking i'm begging you i'm begging you to not do it because it's just so uncalled for if you are not some operatic ass motherfucking mariah carey fucking whoever adele Adele, like like an ass bitch then please don't just you know record it and listen back to it i've heard so many people who think that they are killing it they think that they're popping off so I think in the wide scope for me, I think it's 100%. The biggest thing that's turned me off 100% 
is the dog Instagrams and the talking mm. for your dog. Mm. I think it's. I think you should be arrested. This is dead ass one that I I have seen where it's just like I was a good boy for Daddy today, so he let me watch TV all by myself. Ew, I hate that. I and hate I'm like, that. ew, I'm over it. So I think in uh, getting into questions, I think something that is very much valid at this point is how do we know each other? God, oh fuck. How do we know each other? Because that's the real question. But the official first time that I ever met you was at, and we'll be talking about this later through the episode, we met at a um, a house. A house. Uh, during yes. Pride. And I remember I was having the worst time of my life. <laughs> the worst time of my life. And you fully looked it. And I fully looked it. And... <laughs> <laughs> if depression had a face, it was me. Yes. Um, but basically I'm walking through this house and this bitch just rides up beside me and he was like, well, you, and what'd you say? I went up to Jake and I said, hold on. I gotta get my composure before I fucking re-say this. I said, how does it feel to be the second hottest bitch at this party? <laughs> And I dead ass said, it really sucks, honestly. Like, it really fucking blows. And, like, I was joking, but I was no. not in the best you mood that night. You looked mad at me. <laughs> you looked, you looked displeased you because like, well because i know i know you didn't think i was joking i was joking but i was so over everything that night because it was it was literally if i could rank one to five of the shittiest nights i've had it mm -hmm. ranks on the second one yeah it was a pretty bad night it was a pretty shitty night it was not a good night but basically i remember like saying that and you were like baby it was a joke and i was like oh haha -ha. <laughs> and then I left. <laughs> I thought you were big mad at me. I was like, oh no, what did I do? Well, and then we ran into each other again at Cuff because I was throwing like a fucking color party. And yeah, that was yeah, a party yeah. everybody thought it was my birthday. I genuinely thought it was your birthday. Yeah. I think I went up to you and I was like, happy no, birthday. No, you did say happy birthday. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. You're like, it's not my party, but I'm turning the party. I think to the original question, um, I know you through somebody who you used to date and through Instagram, because like that's like, you know, how we all know each other at this day and age. And seeing you there and then connecting the fucking dots. When mm -hmm. I saw you at the party, I was like, I know him without knowing him, which is so often how the gay community just like operates. It's like, even the people who I think I know well, like I've been in their apartment. I'm like, I don't know, actually know anything about you. Well, I think that's like the whole goal of the show. I mean, I already said like, I don't want to move on from Seattle until I have interviewed everybody that I really believe should be interviewed. So people can look at them and be like, I've never met you, mm -hmm. but I know you. Yeah. It creates a space where there's no more surface level conversation. That's yeah. my biggest goal. I think that's awesome. And I think what you're doing successfully is giving perspectives, different perspectives on the same community, because I feel like so much of us, especially now days are like locked away in our like little groups mm -hmm. and like little clicks. It's so clicky. And like, I don't know if you can have a way to like reach out and to hear what somebody else is going through in your mm -hmm. same community, like in your own fucking backyard, then that's super valuable. You know what? I kind of realized that we have something very much in common. We both had parents that walked out on our lives when we were pretty young yeah. You know, and like what I'll say to this, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Anytime. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I 
and like I think a lot of people experience this but like uh, my parents divorced when I was really young I think I was like three or four and my mom kind of was the one to just like dip out on our family she was just like bye gotta go gotta go find myself when somebody walks out on you when you're that age it inevitably will affect you it ruins you yeah it will ruin you and you what's so fucked up about the whole situation is oftentimes it's a parent or somebody older a guardian whatever leaving your life um and they leave you to pick up the pieces and oftentimes they're not there to like help you put yourself back together so it's a lot of work and you don't really like come to that level of consciousness where you can like know this about yourself until you're like in your 20s until you're older yeah until you're like more self-aware so it can fuck up your life a lot and then not only do we have in common that we're both gay but we have this in common which is shitty and like you know there's things that we have to work on to like just not be assholes i think from like a young age or like from whenever the family like breaks up or whatever whenever you're going through your shit um you are confronted with really adult issues for being not a adult at all and so it's it forces you to see things hear things know things that are maybe beyond your years and i think that's a little unfortunate i just remember so much like being a kid and knowing about like what custody was and like knowing about um i don't know just different things that you know my mom having like financial troubles and stuff and like it was just a way of kind of bringing me out of like a childlike state probably way prematurely and making me really familiar with like adult stuff that just was like very jilting but i mean you know our parents are they're human they're people too they aren't infallible and i think like as we get older at least as i've gotten older you know i'm an old bitch now like (laughs) you really start to realize that like your parents aren't that different from you they're just people they're just people and it doesn't excuse the maybe betrayal that you feel in those moments like why did you leave me why aren't you here anymore but it gives you greater context to understand what happened and all of that shit like just trauma in general i think teaches empathy like once you've been through some shit whatever your shit is i mean like this is like maybe like a more widely applicable thing to whoever's listening it's just like whatever your shit is whatever your trauma is it taught you what pain is it taught you what joy definitely is because you knew it was the inverse of that pain and i think it makes you able to connect with other people when they're going through their shit. And I hate it when people are like, I don't know what to do when like my friend is like going through something and like, or like crying in front of me. Like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, girl, are you a sociopath? Like, have you ever fucking been <laughs> it's upset? It's pretty easy. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Do you, well, honestly, like this might be the same thing for you again, but when I'm out in public or I'm introduced to somebody and I just fuck with them, immediately i'll go up to them and i'll be like so you had a really fucked up childhood didn't you oh absolutely yes and i'm like that's why i fuck with like i get you i understand you yeah no i i do that too but low-key i'm not gonna lie i think it might be a little toxic just because i think that i think that's like trauma bonding i think that's like bonding in the wrong way maybe like there's other things both ways for me though where it's like it's gone amazing yeah and like those are the friendships that I still have today that are absolutely beautiful. Now there have been some times in the past where I'm like, yeah, like 
I don't feel bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say that like I I lean in with like a heavy like emotional foot when I'm like talking to people I don't know because I'm just like that kind of guy. But I will oftentimes be like I'm an oversharer, right? So I'm like telling people my business really early on, and then I am there for people, and I like that. Like I don't know, I get joy out of that. Like I get joy out of just being I don't real, know, being real, being like a shoulder to fucking cry on or a fucking ear to listen to your fucking daily problem or whatever. Like, well, can I ask you a question? Have you ever tried to hang out with somebody and you're hanging out with them and you're just like, I can just tell that you have not really ever had anything horrible happen to you yeah because it's really hard to connect with them and you're just like i can't yeah i've definitely felt that before i've definitely felt like oh okay like you don't know what loss is or you don't know what um pain is or like you know i i have felt that and i it does make me feel a little jaded towards them but i also think people are really great at masking their shit so like I have felt that way about people before and then and kind of like maybe stigmatized them or like held it against them and then have continued to hang out with them and found out that they actually have been through, you know, trauma or whatever in their life. And it's also like this is like a huge side note, like it, this is not the trauma Olympics. Like we are now here trying to compete or like hold each other accountable to each other's trauma. But back to the story, I have hung out with people who I feel like haven't gone through shit. And then I come to find out that they have, but that they're just really good at masking it because it's a coping mechanism and it's a survival mechanism for them to not get really vulnerable with it. So I really try at this point in my life at uh, the ripe old age of 26. I almost said 66 <laughs> Freudian slip. Um, you were thinking about the dude you fucked yet last mm-hmm, night. Mm-hmm. No, but I just don't try and judge anybody anymore. I mean, that sounds so altruistic and bullshitty, but I genuinely mean that like anybody that I interact with ha- starts on a clean slate. Mm-hmm. And if you present yourself to me in a way that like I can connect with and listen, the bar is not high out here. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm really trying to be, I'm trying to be more open-minded, but if you don't and you're a dick and you're an asshole and that's what you lead with, then that's who I'm going to take you as. And I'm going to run with that. In the wise words of disciple, Andrew, disciple, period. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, I know that your coming out story was rather crazy. Yeah, I came out really early. I was 13 years old when I came out, which is like, I think quite young. I would have preferred to stay in the closet like a little longer. Not because I was like ashamed, but just because there was like a lack of development around my sexuality at that age that like, I really wish I could have kind of kept private for longer and like done some inner work, you know, myself around. But... I was outed by my stepmom at the time. Bitch. Um, bitch. Uh, no longer my stepmom. Uh, but anyway, she... I hope she stepped on a fucking Lego. Yeah, no. Well, she's dead. But um... Oh. oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> really, though. Um, anyway, she found a, like... Uh, notebook that I would like pass back and forth with a friend um, in between like class periods when I was in literal middle school and in the notebook I was talking to a friend like writing notes to a friend about how I was having feelings for a guy and I mean like I'm 13 so this isn't like anything serious it was literally like the beginnings of like any type of like sexual awakening I could have been experiencing 
And um, any fucking way, the bitch found it and told my dad about it. And, like, I had tried to be, like, slick. And so I was, like, referring to the guy by his initials rather than, like, his name. But I wasn't changing the pronouns. Mm -hmm. So I was using he, him pronouns because, like... That wasn't that you got, big of you a got me thing fucked up with the pronouns. Then. You should have been using they them. I really should have. I wasn't really. It, that wasn't a thing back then. Like my mind wasn't like going to that place. But they knew, and that kind of like forced my hand. I had to come out to my dad. Luckily, he was gracious and loving with it. That bitch of a wife of his. Um, this bitch that had a lot to say about me the other day. Bitch that had a lot to say about the press. Yeah, no, fuck that bitch. Um, she can really like rot. But my dad was nice and it was chill. And then after that, like sometime after that, I came out to my mom and my mom was like very like I've literally always known. Like as much as I'm like mad at my mom for a lot of different things in my life, I will credit her with never judging me about mm-hmm. certain things. Like I remember I really wanted a brat stall when I was like, was however old I like wanted one because I wanted it to get married to my GI Joe. Uh-huh. And, um, oh so I would, Oh, so you've always it. been a bottom. Oh, for, <laughs> sure, for sure. I remember the exact one too. Um, but anyway, I asked my mom to buy it for me and she did and I was so embarrassed to even like get this like doll and I remember going up to the like cash register at Target and having the doll like with my mom and I remember like loudly saying to my mom like don't you think like and I I said my cousin's name don't you think like my cousin will really like this for her birthday because I really didn't want the like the like cash register person to know which who at this age you're just like okay fucking who cares yeah and also it's like that just goes to show how fucked our culture is where somebody who's like six seven eight years old is already programmed and like imprinted like already knows that that's wrong that that's wrong and my mom the whole time is she's like going along with what i'm saying because she's like not gonna like lay me out to fucking dry in front of this fucking cash register bitch <laughs> she's not gonna be like that's for you like you know what i mean she's very like okay Come sure get your faggy little toy andrew <laughs> <laughs> right so i had to give her some credit for that she was always really chill about it but yeah i mean i don't know i wish that like my parents were more culturally aware where they could have been like that's asking a lot from our parents generation for real for real i that's mean asking a lot we i think kids now I hope have a lot easier because there's such a, a raised like, cultural awareness around like pronouns, gender identity, sexual identity, like all mm. of that stuff is like so much more in the mainstream. Back then it was like, it was like my parents were like on the like leading cutting edge of like any type of social progression, mm. progressiveness. Like it wasn't really a thing back then, but they never made me feel bad for being gay, which I like am so grateful for. That's awesome. This is another game. Who would you rather Jesus? <laughs> okay, number one. And you have to tell me who you'd rather fuck. And okay. I'm not talking a little a little sucky suck. I'm talking full nine yards. Why full, do you think full I nine would, yards penetration? Yeah, why do you think I wouldn't? Because I don't know. Yeah. So first one, Trixie Maytel or Gigi Gun. First of all, I love that you call her Trixie Maytel. It's Trixie Mattel, babe. Oh. Um I give I'm kidding. No, 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 no. I was kidding. I was kidding. Wow. Um, I actually have a speech impediment, so it actually meant to say that, but it didn't. It okay. came out something different. Okay, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so Trixie Mattel or Gia Gun. Oh, not Gia Gun. Trixie, I guess, in that case. I love Gia Gun. She's so mm, cunt. I <laughs> 
<laughs> bitch, you better drink. Oh, yeah, 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 this is your fucking game. I'll do one too, though. So, second one. Jeffrey Epstein or Bill Cosby? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. I mean, wow, it's really Sophie's choice over here. Um, <laughs> who the fuck would I... I don't know. I mean, both are heinous. I I think maybe... I don't that's know. That's honestly a trick question. <laughs> yeah. I didn't expect you to fucking I'm, I'm thinking it through. I'm like, who have more victims? Like, who committed the more serious crimes? Um, I don't know. I no, have, honestly, I, I put that in because I was just like, I wonder, how, I want to put the most horrific person to people I can and see if they'll actually pick one. But I was not expecting you to actually pick wow. one. Wow. Okay. Thank you for telling me before yeah. I made a fool out of myself. So, uh, three, Miley Cyrus or Ariana Grande. Ew. Um, I just, like, don't want to yeah. fuck a girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's gonna be ariana for me i think oh so yeah i would have picked miley cyrus miley's day. a little too crunchy like she's just like a crunchy girl like i don't know i don't fuck with it um number four elmo or barney Ooh, um not elmo i think that barney would have like a big like rager cock like oh yeah yeah dinosaur dick yeah yeah i feel like he could really dick you down if he wanted to plus like, i feel like oh uh, wasn't elmo a pedophile uh, I don't know, but I don't need any of that. Yeah. Number five, Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk? Okay, I will just say that, like, who I'm, like, baseline more attracted to is Elon Musk. But that's not my for sure answer. I'm you thinking this seconds through. right now. One, oh, my God. Okay, two, it's rapid fire. Fuck. Um, Elon Musk. <laughs> Bro, Jeff Bezos all the way. I heard he has the fattest cock Ever. He looks like he, a cop. Well, he's a ball daddy. Yeah, he looks he looks like a giant dick on legs. No, no, he's huge. Yeah. I don't I'm gonna say I don't believe that he has a got a monster cock. I will say that he's probably got he a does though. I think he I think it looks I think it's girthy. Wait, is there nudes? Yeah. Oh girl. I actually oh, actually no, I, I think his I think his dick pic I did think leak. his dick pic yeah did yeah. get leaked. It's and it was huge. Okay, well, in that case, it might be. No, but you are. Well, I just think, I think Elon, look, listen, I'm a sucker for some emotional stimulation. I'm not a size queen, okay? Like, I want somebody who's gonna, like, talk to me about some intellectual ass shit. You know what I mean? Okay, this one you're gonna like Nikita Dragon or James Charles. Oh my God. That's a really hard Hi, question. Hi, sisters. James Charles here. Use Morphe code 14. <laughs> it's just hard because I also hate Nikita Dragon. Um, it's a strong No, word. I do. I find her super problematic. I don't know if you just saw her music video where she plastered the word dick all over. <laughs> what was like, that about? So many people's photos. She posted it over Sophie, who is a who is like a musician, an artist, a producer who died. Uh-huh. She's dead. And then she posted it over Marsha P. Johnson's face, who is obviously a trans rights like advocate icon who's also deceased. And like it's wait, just, what the fuck? Yeah, it she was, also did for Harry Jowsey too. It was just really distasteful, and like I get that she's trying to be like a provocative ass bitch and like get her some views on YouTube or whatever. But like I talk about not sustainable. Yeah, it's gonna be a no for me. I mean, when you have to sell your soul like that, like girl, get it together. I just like think you know, especially listen. I'm somebody who's just as like part of the community who's like never go against the community. Like this shit could 
fucking be the mafia for me. I don't where it's think like, that's our community, though. No, it, I think our community is Marsha P. fucking Johnson and, like, Sophie and, like, people who don't deserve to have the word dick written over their face in a Nikita Dragon music videos for her to get some views on fucking YouTube from some yeah. bad publicity. The thing I think is the most toxic part about it is because I had a friend that did follow her and she was heavily influenced her way of thinking, the way that the world works, what you should be doing, just being problematic just to be problematic. Yeah. That's a great way to get views, but do you really want to wake up one day and be like, wow, like no one likes me? Let's talk about your past relationships. Oh, great. My favorite topic. How many relationships have you had in Seattle? Why did they end? What did they teach you? <sighs> Those are big questions. Um, how many have I had in Seattle? I've, I don't know, maybe like five. And then like common theme throughout all of my past relationships is just like insecurity on my part for sure. Let's not like, you know, try and hide it. And then, like, you know, um, some of the abandonment stuff that we were talking about earlier, like, dealing with, like, parents that kind of walked out on you at an early age and how that, like, affects you later in life. And then kind of, like, unresolved, like, shit with, like, gay shame, which, like, is such a downer topic. So sorry for anybody who's listening. Um but just like the shame that we feel as gay men being different in a society and always not and not feeling like good enough to like fit in with our peers there that translates into our relationships and i would say that's like a big thing for me is like i've lost so many relationships to my own fear that i'm not good enough to like secure the bag if you so to speak you know and that will make me just like act out in kind of like shitty ways that like aren't great and so i like am not like the typical bitch that's gonna be out here being like fuck my ex like mm, like that was like it's like fuck them they <laughs> fucked me over like i have been cheated on and a couple of them i'm glad to see go you know don't get me wrong it's not all my fault but I think a part of growing and a part of like healthy self-exploration and definitely with some good therapy, I have identified like a couple of key points in my own existence and my own human experience that like have definitely contributed to like some relationship failure. So that's the common reason I think that a lot of them end. So that's the whole gist of <laughs> That's the gist of I it. love that. Yeah. And then my, I just got out of a relationship <laughs> LOL just it was 10 months ago oh um, <laughs> but that one was uh, a little bit more than a year and that was definitely like the best I was older I had a little bit more experience under my belt but was still a train wreck I would say in Fucking a lot of ways like this is the fr- interview for a job yeah no literally I like I don't know um, no I mean it wasn't bad I think a lot of the time we really got along it was really good and he was a sweetheart and he was he was a sweetheart he's a sweetheart yeah. um, he's somebody who you know love dearly still I think he's a great man even though I kamikaze that bitch um well if he were to be listening because i'm sure he's going to because we both fucking follow him (laughs) is there anything that you would want to say to him i have for a very long time tried to apologize for a lot of just specific you know antics i pulled on his ass and i think you know we recently ran into each other less than a month ago i think and um it was good it was quick and i was really nervous like I didn't know what to say, and I think I, I think I, <laughs> how you been? <laughs> I literally think I said, "I'm sorry, I was such a psycho bitch." Um, so and I don't know. Five seconds of passing. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm a crazy fucking I, bitch. Sorry, I'm a crazy bitch. 
Um, exactly. I would just say, sorry that I was, that I did some really nasty things to you, said some horrible things. And then I hope that you're doing well. And I have nothing but like love and respect and admiration for you. And I think you're a good man. In saying all of that and talking about your best relationship, your worst relationship, and specifically the worst relationship, are you scared to date again? I have, yeah, I've definitely prepared myself for it. I have, I will say I'm not scared of dating. Um, I'm actively going on dates, you know, having a good time as one does, but I have like specifically remained single during this time of my life because the last one just ended in such a way that was like so revealing to so many different flaws and like personality, you know, shortcomings that I personally had to work through. And I don't think I'm done yet. I like, and I don't know if I'll ever be done, but right now I just feel like I'm still at such a like fragile place that like, even though I think I'm doing so much better, I don't want to like fuck with that happiness and fuck with that peace by bringing somebody else's energy in. But listen, we out here and we, we know that like if the right guy came along at the right time i mean it would happen but it just hasn't am i scared no don't be scared be prepared yeah. oh wow did we wow did we just do that literally i'm gonna get that on a fucking shirt don't be scared be shit. prepared yeah. yeah okay we have a new segment okay what is it the lord said come and i said yum i want to know in detail by fucking detail the best date you've ever been on and absolutely the worst date you've ever been on i also want to know the best and worst hookup you've ever been on oh shit okay the best date i've ever been on mm -hmm. fuck mm -hmm. I see, see like I've been on dates where I think they've gone really well and I've been having like the time of my life and mm -hmm. then I never I get ghosted so it's like <laughs> go to your friends and like that I think he's the one yeah literally it's that meme where it's like I think he's the one and then like three days later you're like crying mm -hmm. um, you're like I don't know this man um, anyway I would say like the best date I've ever been on you have to give me a second to think. Honestly, I'll go first and then if yeah, you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say one of the best dates that I ever went on was it was with, let's just call him the chef. And anybody that regularly tunes in to this show, just remember this name, the chef. But basically, I'm talking to this dude. He's fine. Mm -hmm. This man is fine. He's older. He's like 35. And the first time we ever hang out, I just go to his house. He lived in like West Seattle. He lived in this really cute kind of like Spanish villa. Oh, beautiful wow. and stuff. He either cooked for me and then we fucked or we fucked and then he cooked for me. <sighs> either it, way, I, like I don't it. think I don't think the order really matters. But the second time that we hung out, that was the best date. Gotcha. Because he literally, he was like, hey, I need you to meet me at this harbor. I was like, okay, boat daddy. <laughs> so basically I meet him there and he comes out of his truck. He's in overalls looking so cute. Okay. Very, you no, know, they were like cute. Interesting. And basically he comes out with like a picnic and there's like sparkling water. There's like food in there. Oh my God, fuck. I was like, so this cute. man, likey, likey. Yeah. So we go on his boat and we're driving through like the canal to get wherever we're going. And this boat went fast as fuck and we're just like going over the waves having a fun fucking time and basically we parked the boat in front of the space needle 
Aww. in front of the fucking space so needle cute. and we sit in the back of his bow and then we go up on the front but basically when we're talking about books we're reading it's just like having like a philosophical conversation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then we go in his bow and we fuck in the bow in the bow don't come a rocking if the boat wait no that can't be right don't come a knocking if the boat's a rocking no like it was it was very <laughs> like euphoric i was just like am i really like I knew yeah. that day that I was the main character. You were. Um, <laughs> well, can I ask a question? What happened to this man? That will be for a second. <laughs> that will be for you. season two. You'll tell me after this episode. Some That's for damn sure. Fuck shit happened. Mm. But um, we're going to save that for season two. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Keep people on their toes. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, yeah, we're just like in this boat. And by the time we get back up, we have literally drifted completely off course. And I'm like, how the fuck did we not get hit by a fucking boat? But while we're actually doing the dirty deed, a fucking boat comes by and like calls for us. They're like, are you okay? And we're like, oh fuck. But basically, no, that was probably the best, one of the best dates I've ever had and one of the best fucks. So hot, um, hot, good date. Okay. Giving me, that gave me, that like opened me up. Like my best date is is a date that I had in Newport, Rhode Island when I was there visiting a guy I was seeing who lived in Boston and um, he, we were doing the long distance thing and it he had come out to Seattle, met me he went back to Boston, came out to Seattle again and then he, it was my turn to finally like fucking get my shit together and go out to Boston so we went to Boston, he took me to Newport, Rhode Island and we had a like fucking magical day we woke up we went to the beach we laid out which like i love we were together the whole time so i don't know if you can consider it a date but like i would say it's a date and i remember we went to the beach and then we were like strolling back from the beach along this like i don't know like boardwalk i guess you could call it and um there was this guy who was like typing like poetry like for hire like you could like pay him like five bucks and he'd write you a poem that's cute about like whatever you want and so we like did it and he wrote us this like poem about just like being like kind of in love and on the boardwalk and like drunk on the sun and it was it's like so like cheesy like very corny but also like low-key like very cute um and then we went to dinner and had this like you know like white linen tablecloth like extravagant like I don't know, four course meal and um felt very fancy and it was just like a good day with another human mm-hmm. that I would quantify as a date. And then um my worst date <laughs> um it was with a guy who lived on the hill on Capitol Hill. Um I don't remember exactly where we went, but we went to like a small kind of like hole in the wall bar, like kind of a dive bar, and we were just gonna go out for drinks and can I say his name or no? Um, so on this show, you can't say names, but you can give a lot of details. I've been known for like saying people's names that are very close, but if you type that shit out in a court document, it is not their name. Okay, well we're just gonna avoid that. So but... for you, Andrew, I would say Andrewith. Andrewith. 
Um, well, his name was Clayeth. (laughs) 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 Anyway, this motherfucker, he was just, he was a white gay in Seattle. He had dark brown hair and blue eyes. No, um, (laughs) and he was, I don't know, he was just an asshole, like, from the get-go. And I, I remember picking him up from his place, and he just had bad vibes. Like, he didn't want to be there. Just, like, uninterested. Uninterested. And, like, you know, my thing is, like, listen, okay. Okay, I have had a grinder hookup show to my house, show up to my house, which like maybe this is my worst grinder hookup. And I have literally been like, you're not who you said you were, or like I'm not interested in you anymore, and like sent them away, like literally at the door, been like, go away. And so if I'm showing up to your place and you're not getting what you thought you were gonna get, just tell me. Send me packing. Listen, I would rather that than like you come on this date all like shitty. Like let's save each other the trouble. Like, did you ever like say like, hey, like if you're not feeling this, like please do not feel obligated. Like your time is very precious. And my time is very precious. So let's not waste each other's time. Well, it wasn't as explicit as that. So like I have done that similarly, like similar to what you're saying. I've done that in subsequent situations, but this was a little bit more subliminal. Like I was just vibes. I was picking up on. It wasn't like he was saying or doing anything. Well, doing things in terms of his actions were like he was on his phone a lot and stuff like that. And the things he was saying was just like, he was not giving a lot to the, he wasn't feeding the conversation. So I was picking up these vibes based off of that stuff where I was just like, okay, he doesn't want to be here or something. But we went on the date regardless. And just like after probably the second drink, he had just said so many insulting and belittling things like anything. To you? Yeah. Like thing, I don't like contrarian people. So I don't like people who have to, if you say, I like the color red, they feel compelled to say, I actually hate the color red. You know what I mean? And there are so (laughs) many fucking people out there that think that they're, that they're doing some shit because they're like a contrarian and they like want to just be devil's advocate all the time and say the opposite of whatever you're saying. It's like, the sky is blue. No, it's fucking red. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, so this guy had, he wasn't saying like, he wasn't like, he wasn't like, you're a fucking bitch. Like you're a faggot. Mm. But he was saying stuff like, I would be like, I really love Quentin Tarantino or whatever. And he would be like, um, yeah, I actually think Quentin Tarantino is like really derivative of like, and I was just like, okay. Like, uh, and so after the second drink and like it's, dealing with it's that, it's giving cunt. I was like, it's giving cunt and not in the good way, not in the Gia gun kind of way. Um, I well, was like, bye. That's unfortunate. Yeah. So I left and I remember, um, I had driven him to the bar that we were at and I, you fucked up your exit plan. I did not drive him home. Oh yeah. Listen, if you cross me, why the fuck would you think I'm going to cross you, bring, you back? How did you bring that up to him? Like after the date you were just I like, just said, I'm going home. Bye. And was like, listen, I don't owe you an explanation. And this is the thing about getting older that I think you'll really enjoy. And that I think a lot of older people can attest to. And maybe why we like daddies mm-hmm. is that you start to feel less and less of the need to bullshit somebody. It's like, we've had a shitty date and you've been insulting and you've been an asshole this entire time. You think I'm going to give you a fucking ride home because I owe you some sort of courtesy? That's gas money. It's not gas money. It's just like, if you're not going to give me the courtesy... It's $4 for a fucking gallon of gas. It's fucking gas money for me. My thing is like, if you're not going to give me the courtesy of... Listen, maybe you're not romantically interested in me. Maybe you you had a bad day. Whatever. But if you're not going to give me the courtesy of just like being pleasant and just like being a nice fucking person, being kind, then like, I'm not going to give you the fucking courtesy of driving your ass home after our date. Like, better call an Uber. (laughs) It's a long fucking walk. So it's like, I don't cold out here. I don't care anymore. That's why like me now, like if I go on a bad date, like a bad first date, it's like, Hey, 
I'm not into you. You know what I mean? And I don't feel any bad vibes about saying that. No, I'm going to tell you my best and worst hookup that I ever had. It was like, it was with this dude. I think he's like a psychiatrist or a psychologist or whatever. But basically we hung out. Uh, The thing was like, we went on a date. We went to like a little play or something that the community at Green Lake was like hosting. Cute. And I went and then after we went back to my place and this dude choked me out so well, I was fantasizing about him. And when he did and after he was done, I asked him, I was like, how do you do it? And he taught me, and I was just like, "You're a you're a father, hot. You're a father. hot. You're a father." Figure. So he he taught me this. Um, the worst one is something that's actually going to give you like nightmares. At this time, I was living in Shoreline, and what happened was there was this guy that was visiting. He was from Utah. He was like a I think he was like a teacher or something, which I think is hot. Mm-hmm. Basically, he is staying downtown in some really nice Airbnb or hotel or whatever because he had a teacher convention. Yeah, this man bought me an Uber. I think it was like forty bucks to go oh, there. Oh my god! But the the contingency was I would have to buy one back. So I get out of the car. I see him. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. This man was fine. I'm excited for how this goes downhill. You would have appreciated this. <laughs> yeah. And don't even get me started on his dick. It was kind of like the dick that you would like get on all four knees. On, on all, all four knees. On all four Damn, knees. that dick still got you <laughs> fucked up. Um, no, but like that's, you know, have you ever seen somebody like he, they have that dick where like you want to pray to it because it's so beautiful. I'm confused how this is about to get bad though because no, it like, sounds like it's giving you life. Um, so basically like we're getting it on and he's really feeling me, which mm-hmm. even feels better. And we get, <laughs> which, you know, it's always nice when it's both ways. We love a stroke of the ego, but basically we go into his bedroom. We're like, you know, we're doing the dirty. <sighs> oh my God. I'm anticipating like blood or shit or piss or something. Bitch, I wish I would have taken, I would have taken the Picasso any day. Basically I am, he's, he is writing me. And his, both of his um, hands are behind my neck. And the only way that this guy can get off is by one thing. Do you want to fucking know how that was? I'm worried. Three words. I love you. Oh, wait. I love, I love you sex. I'm have to go. No, no. He was literally like, well, okay. I'll, I'll just put you through the scene. We're basically fucking... And he's just like, oh, he's like, I fucking love you, baby. I fucking wow. love you. Tell me you fucking love me. And I was like, oh, that, you know, it is. It's it's a weird thing with somebody who you don't know. Well, it, it's weird in any fucking context. If I'm not dating you, if you're not dating. Yeah. Yeah. But basically, that's a trip. I basically am like doing it. And like, I like people to have a fun time. So like, while, <laughs> while he's like in the mood, he's like, fucking tell me you love me, baby. Oh I'm like, oh, I fucking love you. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my, you're trash. Well, and basically after that happened, like he got off, but he didn't get me off. So basically he literally rolled over, passed out. And I literally get up when he's sleeping. I go down like, and I leave. Okay. Listen, my, my best hookup happened rather recently. I would say like within the last like six months and this man, first of all, like I love somebody who you don't know at all, but being like super passionate with Mm -hmm. you, like you just walk into the situation and they're like, they're ready. They've shown up with their best foot forward mm-hmm. he was so like just the way he would grab me and like i don't know like it wasn't like a it wasn't like a domination thing it wasn't like he was like throwing me around like i'm a fucking ragdoll like, yeah it was just hot he was like i have a 
I have a big fat ass for anybody out there looking. My Instagram is at Andrew underscore Molitor. Uh, at fat ass. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, I have a big fat ass and I love it being just like manhandled and like gripped, like fucking like you're palming a basketball. And um, he did that. It's hot. And but anyway, I like walk in. We like immediately basically get naked. It's like damn near like fucking face down ass up like we're about to fuck but um he had a ginormous dick and like listen i say i'm not a size queen and like that's so true but what's also true is that you i love you being railed by a big fucking giant cock and um he did what he needed to do and it was like almost it was like to that point where it's like almost painful you know but it wasn't uh it was like pleasure and pain mixed and it was great and you know it was quick which is like the only negative like mark i could give it was that it was fast because i think we were both like so turned on but um i'll just say this like i was walking funny the next day and my throat was sore um that's from the gonorrhea (laughs) fuck you um but anyway yeah that was great and then my worst i had a guy show up once and i opened the door and it's not him it's it's a completely different person. I'm talking like it's not like oh like funny like you look a little different from your picture like it, like that must be an old picture. Like I'm talking like different guy completely and I I'm guessing you don't do the the FaceTime feature, do you? Cuz I <laughs> the reason I've never gotten catfish like that is because I just knew that I would never want to be in that situation cuz I I just would feel so shitty being like get out of here. Yeah. It was before the pandemic and I don't think that there was a FaceTime feature. Well, what I'll do is like well, if you feel comfortable like Instagram obviously or I just give them my number and if they were freaks I just block them. For sure. Well, what ended up happening was I obviously sent the man away. Like I kind of entertained it for like a second where I was like, I was How like, horny are you? <laughs> no, I mean that. And also like, like asking him like, ge- like general, like genuinely, like why aren't you who you said you were? Or like, you don't look like your pictures. What did he say? He was very like at a loss for words that I was even saying anything. I think by that point he had been, he had like been so sure that he had gotten away with like the whole scheme of it all that he was like, this is just going to happen. And I was like, this is not happening. And I like forced him out of my apartment. I literally was like, please leave. And he lingered on the floor for a really long time. And I, he only left after I threatened to call the police. So shit. I'll take my, I love you over. Yeah. Fuck you. At least like the guy had a nice dick that you were getting on all fucking four knees. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking fuck. Um, this guy was like, not cute anyways. Cause like he wasn't who he said he was, but yeah, horrible. Terrible. You know what? I think I need to take a moment to say thank you for sharing it. Yeah. Um, this journey that we have embarked on has been stupendous. Thank you. Yes. Okay, my fellow homos and faggots, we are going to start wrapping things up. So we, of course, save the very, very fucking best for last. We're going to be giving it to you nice, long, hard, and thick. Ooh, Ooh baby. Ah. Ew. Basically, we're going to be talking about something that we talked about at the very beginning of this episode, and that was kind of how we officially met each other. So we're going to be talking about a house in Seattle mm-hmm. that we 
met at during Pride that a lot of the homos in Seattle know about as well. So for all intents purposes, we obviously can't say the name of this house because bitches be coming for us. Mm -hmm. Um, So for right now, we're just going to be calling it the V house. The V house. The V house. Yeah. So basically, I think we wanted to talk about this because when we were first talking, I kind of just was very open and honest with you. I was just like, I really had the worst night there. Yeah. For a multitude of reasons that like, obviously we won't get into, but I think something that we both really agreed on was our deep hatred for this house. Yeah. I just, okay. I'll just say that like, I had a chip on my shoulder about how we met kind of because we met there. Well, when was the first time that you ever went to that house? That night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First time I've been, that was your first night. That was my third night going there. It may have been my second, but I feel like I've been there a total of maybe three or four times. Mm-hmm. And I, for some reason, I feel like that was actually the first, but I went there and I knew from that night that this was just like not my environment. Like I'm just not somebody who considers themselves to be a circuit queen. Well, I think, I think for the people that are listening that don't know what the fuck we're talking about, I think, I think the best way to describe this is so basically the V house is a house in Seattle, Washington that all the Queens go to after you know, all the bars have closed and this has been something that's been going on for years and it's been, you know, different people have moved in and out of the house, but the house has always been known as the same house, which is the V house. Yeah. The reason we're talking about this is because nobody else is fucking talking about it, at least not publicly. And the reason I wanted to raise awareness of it is because I dead ass wanted to be like, this is not a house people should be going to. I 100% agree. And I would like second that statement. Like, I think as a society, like as a culture, like whatever, as a community in Seattle, if you want to like go and party your little heart out, there are so many safe options to do safer, so. Uh, underlining the word safer. Yeah. And I don't think that this place is unsafe necessarily. Bitch, it's I will just blatantly risky. Say it's, I will honestly, every single time I've walked in that house, I just kind of get like a scent of like lavender with like an underlining hint of like sexual assault. <laughs> oh my God. Like, have, like every single time, I don't know, like as somebody that is really in depth with like, their vibes or mm-hmm. like i don't know like if you want to call it like intuition every time i've stepped in that house i immediately want to step back out because i feel like when i go in that house i'm just like i feel like there's definitely like bad shit has happened here yeah i would i would agree that bad shit has happened there and i think honestly the house in which we are talking about it's an environment it's kind of like cold uh grinder like came up and like became a 3d became a house yeah literally <laughs> All I know after that night, I made a solemn promise to myself that I would never step foot back in that house. I mean, honestly, good for fucking you. I can't see myself going back there anytime soon, and especially not after this interview. I don't think I would be invited back, but like... (laughs) So were you talking (laughs) shit? on the TGB? Yeah, to be honest, it's not a worry of mine. Like, I don't care, and I don't want to go back there. And um, there's so many other things and people and places to be and to do. Like, if you are going to that house, you know what you're looking for. Well, and also, I mean, because we talked about it. It's just, like, my biggest fear is, like, when I first went there, I was 
19 years old Mm -hmm. so it's just like my biggest kind of worry is just like another person like me or somebody that is significantly younger going to that place and not knowing what to expect because i can't i cannot imagine being 19 and being in that house i was definitely exposed to a lot of things but also i can't bitch and moan because it's like now i kind of just know what the fuck i'm doing now yeah and luckily i got out of that kind of stage in my life where it's like i'm lucky enough where nothing horrible if you know what i mean happened so that is such a good point where it's like that house is really like you're seeing the depths of it all like you are seeing what like the like you are pulling back the curtain on the gay community and you are looking at them in a very like bright fluorescent light in that in that house like you are seeing like all the nooks and crannies of all the crazy and Mm -hmm. seedy parts of like the culture and the the community like there's some shit going on there that's like definitely not you know kosher but definitely not pg definitely Definitely not not for disney and i can't imagine being i i remember what it felt like to be 19 and to feel like such a baby gay and like i can't imagine being like i can't imagine like being exposed to that because like i feel like i kind of came to a gradual place where like when i walked into the to the house i wasn't like fucking blown the fuck away because it's like i've already been like i've been around the block like i've seen a lot of that shit before and but i was like "Mm, this is this something about this isn't sitting right with me like this is a high-risk environment but i can't imagine being 19 walking in there and being like yeah my jaw would have been on the fucking floor but even though i was 19 and i already dated an older person before i even stepped foot back in the or stepped foot back in that house but even when I was young, there was just a voice. And again, I'm talking about like intuition. There was just a voice in my head that was saying like, be fucking careful yeah, or you're going to regret it. But, and that's not a good, that's not a fun thing. Like, listen, that's not fun. And this, this house is, it's really propping itself up as like a, a place you go to have fun. Like that's like the whole thing of it. And like on the surface, like if you weren't like really looking too closely at anything there, maybe you could like walk in and out of that environment and you could think like, Oh, that was just like a really fun night or something. Right. Like if you weren't like really, but I've never heard one person actually coming out of that house and being like, that was the best fucking night of my life. No, it's not. It's not, it's not a good place. I don't know if that's achievable, but I'm saying like, if you are really looking at this situation for what it is, you're going to see that this place is like, it's just the best way I can describe it without like giving away like, literal incriminating information (laughs) is um high risk on On that that note period (laughs) nice (laughs) well guys that is the very end of this fucking episode again thank you to disciple fucking andrew you know what's so funny you know what your contact is in my phone big dumb bitch no andrew volatile Uh, (laughs) that's a good one that's a good one Okay, guys, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. Like I always fucking say, if you like our show, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your homophobic family members. I really love getting their death threats and posting them all over my fucking wall. Yeah. If you like the show, again, give us a rating right into the show. Of course, I love hearing from you guys. I love you guys so much, and I hope you guys have a beautiful, wet, and dreamy week. Goodbye. Goodbye.